And those of you who know me know that I don't go off on tangents. I feel that God's power and breath is moving within this body and within individuals. And the Lord Jesus, should he give us this year to tarry, my friend, we're going to see something that's going to blow our minds. I believe that with all my heart. Now, God has spoken to me concerning this verse of Scripture, and I'd like to just share what's on my heart. And I'd like for us to read all three of these verses together, if we could, for the glory of God. Out loud, Isaiah 54, 1 through 3. Sing, O barren. Oh, thank God. I want to consider for a moment the challenge that we see there in the Word of God and also before us in the earth. Now, man has a destiny before the Lord. And as we consider this, we, we see right here the cleavage of difference between a man and an animal. See, man is a is a certain type of creation, and an animal is an entirely different type of creation. Though they both have life, though they both have breath, each of these are created for entirely different purposes. And right here, we see the cleavage between these two purposes. An animal is created and uh, is only useful as long as it produces work. An animal is only good for what it does. But human beings are valuable for what they are. See, you take an animal, my friend, and if it's a horse or a cow or whatever it may be, and when it, when it ceases uh, to produce, when it no longer is useful for what it can do, then the only thing it's good for is a glue factory or a dog meat factory, and they chop it up, boil it up, do away with it, exterminate it. It's of no further use because animals are only good for what they do. But human beings are valuable for what they are, beloved. And in the Word of God, mankind has a destiny to fulfill with God. And as we look into this verse of Scripture, you and I see that mankind is falling far short of that destiny. For we see a picture here that is given to us, and the words that are given to us are barren and desolate. Now, I don't care whether it's a farm or whether it's a family, or whether it's a business, or whether it's a community, or whether it's a life, or whether it's a country, or what it we may be, these two words, uh, desolate and barrenness, uh, are a failure and a falling short of the purpose and the plan of God. All of those things which I described are not God's destiny for mankind in all of His manifestations and of all of His working. Can you say amen? Man has a destiny before the Lord. And that barrenness and that desolation is not God's purpose for mankind. It is not God's purpose for creation. It is not God's plan nor fulfillment of the earth. And here as we look at those two words, we are looking at the world without the Word of God. Now, I'm not talking about Bible. 
I'm not talking about a book that sits on a shelf. I'm not talking about simply a book that says on the front of it, the Holy Bible. I'm talking about the Word of God that is incarnate in human flesh and dwells within human beings and is spoken out by the power of the Spirit and becomes living waters as it's anointed by the Spirit of God. When we see this condition as it is described to us, when we see this picture of humanity that has failed the divine purpose. We are describing this world without the quickened Word of God. We're seeing humanity without the life-giving breath of God as spoken through the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, we see desolation and we see barrenness. And we merely view our world, our communities, round about us, and we see this very thing transpiring right before our eyes. Jesus described it. He looked out, and as he looked out, he saw not only was there a barrenness, but there also was a lack of vision in the disciples. And he said to them, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. He said, The harvest is there right now. What I need is a man that will speak the word of God and bring that harvest into the eternal bins of reaping. He looked and saw them, and he saw humanity as shepherd, not having a sheep, and beaten and bruised and wandering and desolate and barren. And he said, Oh, what is needed are shepherds. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore for shepherds who will go forth, as it were, and speak my word and bring a harvest out of humanity that is barren and desolate. What he was saying is, God has spoken the word. God has given, my friend, that which meets every need. Jesus said what we need are the agents to turn that barrenness and desolation around and to bring harvest and to bring fruition out of that desolate condition. Hyman Appleman said these words to a group of pastors. He said, men, if you will just preach the Bible, you will be so unique and so different that people will come to hear you because you are different in the years to come. Amos prophesied and said, Behold, the days cometh, saith the Lord God, that I will send famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a hearing of the words of the Lord, and they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro, and to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Amos prophesies of a time when humanity will long to hear the Word of God. They'll wander to and fro. They'll see hither and yon, but they'll not find it will be a famine of the Word, the living, quickened, Spirit-anointed Word of the living God. Ezekiel stood one day. And as he stood, he saw a great valley of dry bones. And as he beheld them, the Lord said unto him, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And they were scattered all over that valley as far as the eye could see. And he said, Lord, you know. And God said unto him, prophesy under these bones. And he spoke, and as he spoke, there before his eyes, bone came together upon bone, and sinew upon sinew, and they stood upon their feet, and they lived.
Because God's Word brought life. My friend, I declare unto you that the reason humanity is barren, the reason there is a desolation, is because God's Word is not proclaimed. God's Word is not spoken. God's Word does not come forth in a manner that it meets man's need. And therefore, there is a barrenness and a desolation, and that is not man's destiny. As I look this morning, I see a tremendous tragedy as we see it before the, our very eyes. And the challenge, my friend, is that God's Word would reverse that situation. Now, there's something we need to understand as we come to an understanding of this problem. And that is the capability that God has given within the body of believers in Jesus Christ. Now, when I say the capability, I'm not talking about simply uh, something that causes an addition in the numbers of people they may simply assemble together or, or, or gather together in the presence of the Lord. See, uh, what I'm talking about and what God prophesies in this Scripture is not simply addition. See, you can have addition without any miracle. You can have addition without any working of the Spirit of God. You can have addition of numbers, my friend, without any uh, miracle transpiring or anything uh, on that order. You can have, my friend, an addition of people. Simply all you have to do is hire you a bunch of high-powered salesmen and let them go out in a human schemer program and uh, six-foot candy bars, chocolate-covered cherries, Easter bunnies, uh, uh, prizes, stars, awards, uh, all of these things. And, my friend, you will immediately gain addition, but you will have no miracle. As a matter of fact, the growth that you will have generally will be a proselyting growth, and proselyting growth does not take any miracle. All it takes is salesmanship. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I'll go one more with you, that anyone who builds a work and establishes a work on proselytization, their fate is sealed. Time is going to catch you. I long ago was taught of the Lord that that kind of growth is not the kind of growth I want. What I want, my friend, and what the Bible talks about and what I'm looking for is a, is a, is a growth that is spoken of as the capability of the believers in the Lord God. And this capacity and capability that God gives to us is a miracle growth. It is a growth that the Scripture declares as birthing. You can add without any miracle. All you got to do is do something to get somebody to come. But my friend, if you're going to have a baby, you're going to have a miracle. You're going to have something that is beyond human understanding. Something is going to transpire that is beyond human capability. A power, a procreative power that God brings. If you're going to have babies, you've got a miracle on your hands. Oh, you can enjoy it, and you can feel it and touch it and laugh at it and clean it up and all those kind of things. But I want you to know, my friend, that that is a miracle. 
That's the kind of capability that God says that believers have. And he says this capability is a capability that is placed within those that are filled with faith. And that capability is the capability of children. And I want you to know that multiplication is God's capability and endowment that is given to those that are in the Spirit of the Lord. Not addition, but multiplication. Not addition, but birthing. Not adding by a program, but a miracle of God, whereby God does something in the miraculous round, and the Scripture declares that our portion before the Lord is a miraculous endowment, whereby we have the capability for birthing, multiplication. Now, when God created man, and He placed him in the garden, the Scripture says that God placed him there, and here was man who was the crown of God's creation. And as he stood there, as the crown of God's creation, God spoke to him and said of this man, this spiritual, this glorious, this, this gracious creature that God had created before he fell, he said of that man, he said unto him, now as the crown of my creation, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Therein speaking, man's destiny, which was to multiply himself. Acts the sixth chapter. We see this spoken of in the early church. As we see these words, and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. There's a seed, my friend, that comes from God that is placed in every heart here this morning that believes every believer that is here has a seed placed within him by the Spirit of God that gives him a capability not simply of getting people to come do something or hear something, but of causing a multiplication, a rebirthing in other people. The scripture says in Genesis, these words, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. As God began to create the earth and brought it into being, he brought this principle into the creative processes of, of earth. When he first established it in the earth, there was a principle established, and that principle was a principle of multiplication, that in everything that God created, in whom was life, there was created the capability, not simply of persuading other kinds to come and affiliate with it, but of producing multiplication after itself. That God-given endowment was given from the very beginning of creation to every species of life, but especially so when it came to man. My friend, I declare this morning 
that here in the capability that God gives unto you and I as we see this barrenness of condition in humanity and as we see the earth desolate, as we see mankind unproductive, unfruitful, as we see churches that are unproductive, as we see communities that are unproductive, God has placed within you and I the miracle power of seed. He has placed within you and I that principle of multiplication whereby the grace of God will flow through us and we will see ourselves multiplied over and over and over again. Every believer that is seated here this morning has that principle, that miracle principle abiding within. Do you believe that? Won't you wave at me then? God love you. Getting intense in here. Listen, I go down to Tucson, Arizona. I see Harold Warner sitting down there in a Skid Row ghetto district in a little building that he just knocked the walls out. And here there's bodies everywhere. There's people all over the floor. There's people in every nook and cranny. There's people poking around the back edition. There's people everywhere. Here is a principle, a birthing spirit that is placed within that young man. Here is that multiplying spirit, that seed that is in him. And as he goes into an area where there's no productivity, we see the Spirit of God moving through him and the Word of God coming forth with power and simplicity and already he's uh, reproducing within them that multiplying spirit and it's being reproduced over and over again. Go up to Flagstaff, Arizona and here's Ronnie Burrell. Listen, I want you to know there's never been a strong church in Tucson that ever did anything. There's never been a strong church in Flagstaff. That church never ran uh, hardly anything in the history of the church up there. Here's Ronnie Burrell up there today and... Ronnie Jones went and cracked the ice and did the hard part, and Ronnie Burrell coming in and following in. And as he's up there, just this past week, he had a tremendous revival. I was up with him a month or so ago. We had a good meeting, but he had a meeting this past week. Thirty people baptized with the Holy Ghost. Twenty-two saved. Five days. Say, oh, what secret is this that has been discovered? What wonderful truth is it? There is no truth except the Word of God has gone forth and the principle that God has created within those that believe is simply multiplication truth. Those young men have a principle within to evangelize and multiply themselves. The secret, my friend, of curing barrenness is multiplication. Oh, Greg, down in Yuma, that church never run over 30 in the history of Yuma. And that's a mighty poor 30. That brother's got a revival stirring down there. Told me last Sunday morning he had 60 in the Sunday morning service. People getting saved on every hand. Young, clean-cut Marines out there on the base and their wives getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. My friend, he's got a revival stirring and God's doing a tremendous work. We can go uh, all over the state of Arizona. We see the same thing being produced because in those young men, there is a principle there and that principle is a principle of multiplication. They believe the capability that has been given unto them and that principle is to bear children to multiply themselves and my friend that automatically transpire that comes by the preaching of the word of God old Ernie up on the Navajo reservation Cove Arizona as you go just as far as you can go up to Shiprock in New Mexico and when you come to the end of the road there you turn and come back south and go to the end of the road it's not even a road it's a cow trail and there's a hogan down there where there was a bunch of Navajo Indians 
And that's where Ernie Lister went about 19 or 20 months ago in a hogan. No electricity, no heat, no water, no nothing but a roof over its head and a bunch of logs and muds. But my friend, he began to preach the Word of God and the Scripture declares that birthing is the capability of the children of God for they shall multiply whose seed is in itself upon the earth. God says, be fruitful and multiply. And my friend, there's a revival at the end of that road out there at the end of the cow trail. Indians getting saved on every hand, place packed out and the Spirit of God bringing delivering because my friend this is the capability that is placed in every believer now there is a call that is given to us this morning in this passage of scripture and that call is a call to expansion you see we have a divine mission let's look at it very carefully there as we read the scripture and that divine mission is spoken listen to it thy seed I know this has a future Ramification, but here's a principle that is, is applicable today. Thy seed shall inherit the nations and shall make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Listen to that. Listen to that promise. Thy seed. What is that seed? That seed is that multiplying, child-birthing spirit that comes not Simply a scheme of humanity, but the Spirit of God that causes out that birthing, that seed, that multiplying spirit from within. Let's look at it. Here's Abraham. He's an old man. <laughs> Here's Sarah. She's an old woman. The promise of God comes to them. In old age, they're going to bear children. And those children are going to multiply and they're going to make a great nation and they're going to multiply as the sands of the sea. My friend, every time you see a Jew, you're looking at a miracle. <laughs> you're looking at something that human capability could not produce. Every time you look at a Jew, you're seeing this miracle principle of multiplication transpire First in Abraham, the father of us all, and in Sarah they brought forth, and that multiplication has gone everywhere, my friend, until it fulfills its final destiny, and this promise is given to you and I in Christ Jesus. Thy seed shall inherit the nations and shall make the desolate cities to be inhabited. That principle is a principle of the Word of God working in human hearts, bringing forth miracles of multiplication and turning the desolation and the barrenness into the productivity and the fruitfulness of the divine destiny that God has ordained. See, our vision is too narrow. If we'd have been looking at Sarah and Abraham that day when we heard that, see, Sarah, it was such a funny thing that Sarah just just snuck back in her tent and just cackled and laughed and ha-ha. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> One of our elderly saints said, God, I won't embarrass any of them by calling their name. But all of a sudden, they announced, I'm going to have a baby. Here they are, tottering along. You know. <laughs> Can you imagine that? 
But you see, our vision is too narrow for, humanly speaking, what we tend to do is we look from a human perspective and instead of looking at the divine call and the divine destiny and the possibility and capability of God, we look in human eyes, we measure everything after a human mind and we come up with the wrong answer because God says that there's a divine mission. Thy seed shall inherit the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. My friend, I declare this morning in this building, God is not finished. He has merely but begun what He wants to do and what He will do and what He will fulfill and what He has accomplished. We simply look in the eyes of man and we fail to behold the divine mission. My friend, as long as there are cities, amen, as long as there are nations that are without God and without the fruitfulness of God, as long as there lies, my friend, our mission has not been fulfilled and we need to rise up before God, believe His Word, and rise to the challenge that God gives to us. Do you believe that this morning? See, we're too apt this morning to sit down and become satisfied and say, well, thank God, here we are, and uh, we've got a little blessing from the Lord, and well, thank the Lord, here we are, and here we sit, and then we start thinking like carnal men, and we start acting like human beings, and we forget the divine call to expansion, which is a divine mission, and God's call is ever to expansion, and His call is thy seed shall inherit the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. I was pastoring in, in, in Courtney, Canada, 1963. Late in the year, as I was desperate before God and was seeking God in a little prayer room with a little electric heater in there, there before the Lord, as I saw nothing transpiring, the Spirit of God spoke the ending of that chapter to me, which is a continuation of the things that we have spoken about this morning. And there my mind was blown as I knew that God was speaking to me as I saw not the fulfillment of the preaching of the Word of God that I desired, as I saw not the complete uh, unfolding of the divine purpose and plan. God spoke those words to me and made me to understand that I would be a, a, an instrument of birthing of children and of multiplication that would be children that God would use, that God would establish, that would be taught personally by the Lord. And I have only begun in the last four to five years to see the fulfillment of that unique and distinctive promise that the Lord spoke to me because my vision was narrow. I looked in the mind of a man. I measured after the talents of my own capability. I forgot the divine call. I forgot the divine mission. I forgot the divine promise because God, my friend, can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we even ask or think. You see, the divine call is always beyond our capacity. <laughs> That's a unique thing about the call of God. 
We are always looking for God to call us to something that we can do. But you see, it doesn't take any faith to do what we can do. If God says, reach down and polish your shoes. Oh, far out, Lord. We just reach down and polish our shoes. We can do that. But you see, here's a call to divine mission. And that divine mission is beyond capacity. And the strange thing about the divine call, it is always beyond capacity. It is always over and beyond our understanding that God moves and calls us beyond our own comprehension or capacity. And God says these words that we read, Enlarge the place of thy tent. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. You see, God's call is always beyond our capacity because always miracles, my friend, are triggered as our faith reaches up and lays hold of the divine mission. As you and I hear the voice of God, we obey the word of the Lord, we begin to act upon the word of the Lord, we begin to proclaim the word of the Lord, then, my friend, our faith is challenged and miracles are always the result of our faith rising to the divine challenge. Enlarge the place of thy tent, spare not, stretch forth thy curtains, thou shalt break forth on the right hand and... On the left. God began to stir me around two months ago that He was going to give us a visitation and an enlargement that was beyond our capacity, and He began to stir my heart. Some two months ago, last Sunday evening in the council meeting, I said to the men, Men, I want to talk to you about something. God has spoken to me and moved on me that He's going to give us an enlargement and an expansion because. The further we reach, my friend, the stronger our base has to be. You see, that's a principle of ministry. You can take a crane, you set that crane, and the farther that crane reaches, the farther it has to be anchored. You try to reach with a crane to do a work and a job over a span that's not anchored and is not busted, it'll fall over on its face, and that's all the crane. It is a principle of ministry, and the further that we reach, beloved, the stronger our basis must become, and apparently this is what God wants to do, because He spoke to my heart, and I said to the council, God is dealing with me that we're going to get an influx and a growth and expansion. Men, we better start thinking about some facilities. One of the men said, I was just going to bring that up. I was talking to one fellow the other day, and I said to him, listen, we better start thinking about enlarging this place. And all of our men with one accord rose up to the challenge of the hour. My friend, I don't care about building buildings to build buildings. Buildings are hard work. They cost a lot of money. They're a lot of trouble. They're a pain. They interrupt the natural flow of business. But I declare unto you that God is not limited to our vision. We have a divine mission. This body is not finished with the Lord. God has a work for us to do. And the further we reach, the stronger this base must become enlarged so that we can reach further, and as our faith reaches out, only as we believe God will God fulfill His promises to us. 
I'm not a part of the old and grow philosophy. I'm not a part of the clan that believes if you get a big building that just automatically it's going to transpire. But I am a believer in the Holy Spirit. I am a believer in the divine mission. And I am a believer that when God speaks, that He'll perform that which is also promised. And I'm glad I don't have to fill up any building that we're going to build. <laughs> no ice cream rinky-dinks. No Sunday school contest. No six-foot candy bars. I don't have to fill up because, my friend, the principle of capability God has given us is a multiplication principle that bites within. And God will fill up anything that He ordains us to build. Can you say amen? Facilities are a need that we have to fulfill our divine mission. Another need that we have is workers. And as we look at this principle, we're talking about miracle ground. I'm not talking about something that we can build. Carol Brown went to work on a thing, got a little plot back there on the back. We haven't locked into it. We're not finished with it. But I was talking to Carol the other day. We're talking about $40,000. We don't got $40,000. But we ain't going to borrow it, I can tell you that. God's got $40,000. <laughs> Facilities are something, my friend, that are a miracle, and so are personnel. And as we look at this, before we can expand, we're talking about people and we're talking about workers being thrust into the harvest field. This body has always believed in the Hannah principle that if we will obey God and we will give the best that we have into the work of the Lord, that God will be faithful, and as long as we give the best, God will bring back to us, and we'll always have workers by the working of the Spirit of the Lord. But my friend, that is only continued as we by faith will believe God. By faith we rise to the challenge that God opens to us, thrust out our young men and women into the harvest fields. That miracle is only triggered, my friend. This place is sitting full of young men and women because we were faithful stewards of what God gave us and the young men and women that He gave us. We were faithful to put them where He wanted them to be. See, we're not foolish enough to feel that we've worked out some slick program and some neat little scheme and we've got some little thing that inspires young people and so just for some reason they want to go out into the field. My friend, what we've touched is the plan of God and the principle of God. That God says, the fields are there, they're barren. Give me laborers that'll speak my words by the Spirit and cause humanity to live. And my friend, as long as we are faithful... We will rise to the faith and believe God and continue to thrust our young men and women out. God will continue to bring into our midst young men and women with a call of God upon their hearts. Can you believe that? Listen, friend, we're sitting right in the midst, should Jesus tarry, of young men and women that are going to be used of God in tremendous ways. God is laying His hand upon hearts and lives, and I am confident that the Spirit of the living God that knows the hearts of men is even now triggering within young hearts the fire of the challenge of the fields that are barren, that are need. And if we will continue to believe God by faith and the divine mission, God will continue to fill our building full of those that need what the Spirit of God imparts in this congregation takes money. Before you can ever have, 
the necessary means met. It means you have to rise by faith and believe God for a miracle. Say, well, Pastor, what we need to do is buy us a couple of businesses and we could buy us a couple of businesses. Well, then we could put some business people into business and then the profits off of that business could could uh, could uh, make us some more profits and then we could just buy and, oh, we could just do all. Listen, that's not God's way, friends. God says if you want money, I've got a particular way of causing that money to come. And I want you to know that to begin with, no church will ever see a miracle in their finances that does not minister beyond its capacity and ability. You'll never see a miracle until you begin to rise by faith to the challenge that God gives and begin to minister beyond your capability and capacity. You'll never see a miracle of God. Also, along that same line, there's a principle that is there instead of us raising money by some means, raising money that is not there. See, there's no sense of us trying to raise money that's not here. <laughs> Amen. There is a principle in God's program of placing money where it will release money. And when we discover that principle, then God will release to us all that is needed for his plan and for his program. See, you can have programs of, of subscription. You can have programs of, of this and programs of that and programs of other. You can buy business. You can, go, you can go into all kinds of program. But my friend, God's way of raising money is a miraculous way, is a way of releasing funds as you and I release funds by placing the money that we have in the place where we release the funds that God intends. Am I too far out for you? You say, how's that, Pastor? Malachi says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not be able to contain. God's way of releasing money is to place God's tenth where it belongs. Ooh, I can feel that right now. I don't know a thing about you, but God's got a hold of your heart right now. You just listen. I don't know anything about you. I don't check books on you, and I don't read your life. But God's talking to some people right here this morning, and you're a violator of that principle. And I want to tell you that that's not the principle. To violate that is not the principle that God has ordained. God says, if you place money where it releases money, I'll bless you and pour out. And you have more money than you need to do the work of God. God says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with such measure as you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Are you listening to me? God says, Cast your bread upon the waters, and it shall return unto you after many days. God says... There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, but there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. There is a principle in the Lord that before we can see the miracle that God has triggered, my friend, we must first trigger that miracle by placing money where God has ordained that it'll be placed to release. I don't want anyone else moving out of this congregation. God's Spirit's got His hand on some hearts. You just sit tight. I'll be finished in a while. 
Amen. God's doing some business, and the devil would sure like to destroy what the Lord's doing right here this morning. And don't, unless it's an absolute emergency, I'm going to stare you down when you get up to walk out that door. My friend, God says that I've got a miracle for the people of God. If you will believe me and you will let your faith be enlarged and you will obey my impulses, God says, I've got cities and towns, I've got lives and people that you have never dreamed of, that are barren, that are desolate, that will be inhabited if you believe me. God says, I've got young men and women more than you can dream of if you be faithful to put them where I tell you to put them. God says, I've got money beyond your wildest dreams, the the cattle on a thousand hill belong to God. All the silver and all the gold belongs to God. God says, I've got money beyond your wildest dreams, but you've got to place the money that you have where it will release the money that I have. Friend of mine, God is moving by His Spirit. God is bringing a revival unto this nation. God is stirring, and you and I are the vessels that the Lord is using to fulfill His purpose. And as we obey the Lord and move, God will work His miracle for you and I. So I never dreamed 22 years ago when Jesus Christ laid His hand upon my heart that I'd ever be standing before a congregation and see the tremendous work that God... You wouldn't even know me 22 years ago. I'm not even the same man. I don't even resemble the man. I don't even act like the same man. There's no resemblance of any kind, shape, or form. I never dreamed that I would see God take this country boy and stir my soul and begin to use me and I become obedient to the Spirit and I see the Lord challenge and move like I've seen Him move. I never dreamed that that would ever transpire. You are the vessels that God is laying His hand on. Some of you will never be any more than a part of the body that is faithful in the things of God, that is faithful to lay hold of the things of God, to pray and to be the ones of those that watch the stuff. Some of you will be those parts that have special ministries within a body. Others of you will be raised up and thrust out into the harvest fields to go beyond. But my friend, each one of us, as we heed the voice of the Lord and we rise to the call of God uh, to expansion, my friend, as God began to touch me 22 years ago, my heart began to expand to the divine mission, the divine call. And because I stand here before you today is only because God enlarged and expanded as my faith rose up and began to believe God for that which was beyond my capacity. Well, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed in this building this morning. Hearts are open before the presence of the Lord and eyes are closed in reverence to God. All over this building this morning, there are people that God is stirring for the same vision, that is stirring for the same challenge, that is stirring for the same faith. There are people here this morning that God has laid His hand on and God is dealing with and God is faithful inside of you. To do his purpose in the things of eternity. Listen, friend of mine, 22 years ago, I never even so much as ever heard of the blessed gospel of the Son of God. That simple story of love that Jesus Christ loved me and gave himself on Calvary's cross to suffer a curse of sin in my behalf to release me from the guilt, from the bondage from the unrighteousness. There are people here this morning that are sitting in this building. You're unsaved. Some of you are backslidden. You need to rise to the story of love. 
You need to have the Word of God that's spoken quicken you. And you feel His touch and love and presence this morning. Would you slip your hand quickly up and right back down and say, Pastor, I'm away from God this morning. I want to get right with God before I go out of this building in this place. I want to get right with God. Would you slip that hand very quickly up in a moment's indication of love? Say, Pastor, I want to get right with God this morning. Would you slip it right up and right back down? Say, I need God. I want to get right. Could I see your hand? Amen. Don't you love Him this morning? Don't you feel His presence, friend of mine? Oh, listen, God's Spirit stirring in hearts and in lives. Stirring in hearts and in lives. All over this building, would you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I need God this morning. I'm a backslider and I'm unsaved. But I believe in Jesus. And I feel that urgency of conviction that I need God. And I need Him right now this morning. Would you slip your hand quickly up and right back down? Amen. Amen. That which God has called us to, my friend cost dedication to take everything that we have in energy and earnestness in vision in attention in harmony endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace takes everything that we have but I believe God is calling us to a far greater mission than we've yet seen in this hour. Can you say amen to that? All over this building, God is talking to hearts. Some of you have already dedicated yourselves to the fields that are whitened. Others of you are being talked to, to this morning by the Spirit of the Lord. You see the need. You hear the challenge. You want to give your life to the preaching of the Word of God and God can use you and fulfill out through you. You want to see that blessing wrought for evangelism in Jesus' name. I wonder if I could see your hand all over this congregation. You, you feel that you, God, would use you to preach the gospel. And you either want to dedicate or rededicate yourself this morning. As you, right, I want you to lift your hand up and hold them right there all over this building. Amen. 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 Many new people that have never before dedicated themselves to the preaching of the gospel. Some of you have done it before, but marriage and kids and problems and turmoil have just kind of turned your eyes aside. My friend, God's not finished here. And I declare unto you, not only is He not finished, but we've only just barely begun. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. He would thrust out labors into his harvest fields. Amen. 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 God, I pray right now this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Your anointing shall indeed pierce God, your abundance and your love shall break asunder bondages of iniquity. 
You keep the fire burning strong and within these hearts. We shall see the fulfillment of the call. We shall see the fruition, Lord, of the proclamation. As these lives rise, they're ministered to, and come forth in the harvest fields. And we thank you for doing this right now. Amen. Our heads are bowed this morning. Our hearts are open before the Lord. See, the principle of financing God's work is not a strange or mysterious principle. It means that God's people obey and place God's money, which is the first tenth, in a place that releases the other funds that God has intended. There are people in this place this morning that are disobedient to the principle of tithing. You're the loser. You know it in your heart. You can't get your thing together. Seems like every time it almost comes together, the bottom drops out, one reverse after another, one problem after another, one thing after another. You're a disobedient child in the financial realm. You're not tithing. But you're here this morning and you'd like to obey the Lord. And you say, Pastor, this morning I'm going to obey God. You can count on my tenth. I'm going to place God's tenth where it will release the rest of His funds. And I'm going to start now. I'm going to start this morning. Here's my hand. Would you slip that hand right up and right back down? I see that hand. Others, right now, in the name of Jesus, I see that hand. I see that hand. How many more? Right up. Obey the Lord. God will bless you. I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Would you slip your hand right up and right back down? Say, Pastor, I see that hand. How many more? Slip your hand up. See, that's God's plan for His body. Slip your hand right up and right back down. Say, I'll obey God, Pastor. Pastor.